Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. There's already been rumors of U.S. boots on the ground in Gaza. These rumors are hard to confirm because typically you're going to get official sources like uh, government lying. You're going to get media organizations being told by governments to lie. They are not going to tell you the reality of what they're actually doing. But there have been some Middle Eastern reporters on the ground saying U.S. special forces and Delta forces are operating in Gaza. Now, what we know is true is that there are special forces in Israel. But the statements, uh, official statements are that they're assisting with logistics and intelligence and identifying hostages. Sure. We now have this story. Biden administration holds secret talks on stationing American troops in Gaza after Hamas is defeated. But U.S. officials fear deepening political peril after Israel shelled a refugee camp. Holy crap, my friends. U.S. boots on the ground formally in Gaza, I think would be apocalyptic. Yesterday, we saw Yemen's Houthi rebels strike Israel. Israel say they, they thwarted the attack, but it's an effective declaration of war. Let's be real. Iranian-backed rebel groups and militias don't like Israel as it is. So everyone's saying they've declared war. And I'm like, oh, come on, guys. <laughs> like, they, they, they're, they're basically in a state of perpetual war. However, fair point, it is serious escalation. And with this, the, the, the attack from Yemen, not the, not, not, I don't know, like whatever you want to call the official Yemeni's government. These, they, they say these are the Iranian-backed militia groups and Houthi rebels. It's, it's looking like we may see some dramatic escalation. Now, at the same time, I want to stress this. We talked about it yesterday. Ukraine seems to be done. And the Ukraine war seems to be over. Russia won. Hey, we've been saying that for some time. The media lied every step of the way. And now it looks like Ukraine cannot maintain the fight and the U.S. doesn't want to fund it. Still, there's people like Mitt Romney. I believe it was Mitt Romney who was saying, we got to have a bill that comes in and gets funding for Ukraine. And it's just like, okay, look, man, you know why this is scary? The U.S. is damn good at losing wars. You take a look at Afghanistan. What a disaster. Iraq, sorry, still a disaster. 
Absolute disaster. Ukraine, what a disaster. Jeez. For whatever reason, they like to talk about how powerful the U.S. military is. And then we see all this all this conflict happening around the world. And we're like, y'all ain't doing too good of a job. How about we stop? But here we go. The next big story. Now, here's what I love. I like the Daily Mail's headline for having the exact quote, hold secret talks on stationing American troops in Gaza. Because the, the source story, this is what the corporate press does. They don't want you to know. U.S. and Israel wait peacekeepers for the Gaza Strip after Hamas. Excuse me? That's how you headlined this story? U.S. and Israel discuss U.S. boots on the ground in Gaza. Headline. Bloomberg writes, ways peacekeepers. What does that mean? Multinational force could include American. Another option would put Gaza under United Nations oversight. How about you just call it what it is? The U.S. and Israel are exploring options for the future of the Gaza Strip, including the possibility of a multinational force that may involve American troops. You see how they so desperately, desperately try to downplay that Joe Biden, that the United States executive administration is discussing boots on the ground for American troops in Gaza. Listen, some might say, no, no, but that's not fair because they're talking about a multinational force and yet we are America. We are not the UK. It is not pressing for the American people. It is not. It is not of dire consequence if France sends in some 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 uh, peacekeepers. The fact is, we as Americans want to know where our soldiers, our men and women in uniform, are being sent and why. And now we can see the escalation of this. Now I'll come back to this, but this one's important because this is from the Times of Israel. From today, U.S. special forces said deployed to help Israel track down hostages held in Gaza. Senior Pentagon officials say commandos on the ground are aiding efforts to identify hostages, including Americans, according to The New York Times. The U.S. has sent special forces to Israel to assist in finding hundreds of hostages held captive in the Gaza Strip by Hamas. I got to I got to slow down there for you. What are they saying? It is confirmed. U.S. special forces are in Gaza. The United States has deployed troops into Gaza. Let me repeat that for you. The United States has boots on the ground in Gaza. Great. Why is it, you may ask, that the American people overwhelmingly reject war and foreign intervention, yet here we are finding ourselves again, once again, an administration without declaration, just going and doing it. How about we secure our borders? Okay, give me a leftist cause, universal health care. I would gladly, gladly shift all of that funding from conquest, war, boots on the ground, etc. into attempts at universal health care. You know, actually, I mean, I'm, I'm in favor of some kind of like universal basic health care system, but uh, you got to have private supplemental insurance. But uh, no, no, no. I mean, give me some like leftist free college. How I, I hate college. I think it's a waste of time. But I tell you this, let's do it. Free college, ladies and gentlemen. All we got to do is stop putting our troops on the ground in these foreign countries in wars that we lose. So while they're discussing, while they're discussing the future of U.S. boots on the ground in the region, understand 
we have boots on the ground already. To be fair, the reason why I draw a distinction here is special forces, much smaller numbers, right? And discussions of peacekeepers is a sustained occupation of the territory. I mean, I look, I am but some humble man on the internet who complains about things, right? Are there things I probably don't know? Sure. But I do not see how you, you look at the history in the region. And I'm sure there's a lot of stuff we don't know. I don't know how you look at the history of the region and think, I got an idea. Let's amass a massive U.S. fleet to strike aircraft carrier strike groups, 21,000 personnel, and then send special forces on the ground with a preparate, with a plan, with planning to physically occupy this region at a time when Hezbollah, when Yemen, when Iran and many others are threatening escalation and war. But the U.S. has previously said it sent military advisors to help Israel in its war on the Hamas terror group. Christopher Meyer, an assistant secretary of defense, indicated that commandos have also been deployed, according to the report. Quote, we're actively helping the Israelis to do a number of things, Meyer said at a special operations conference in Washington, Times reported. The comment came a day after Israel freed one of its soldiers who had been held by Gazan terror groups. Though it was unclear what role, if any, the American commandos had in the rescue of Private Ori Magadish. Magadish was one of 200, at least 245 people who, who, who uh, abducted when thousands of Hamas terrorists, this we understand. Look, no, I get it. And I warned and I was right. I'm going to say it again because when I'm right, I'm right. When I'm wrong, I'm wrong a lot. But this is what I warned of when the hostages were taken. This is almost a month ago now. It's November 1st. Almost a month ago, I said, you take American hostages, we send dudes in a helicopter dropping down onto your building and they kill everyone to free those hostages. This is a this is a little known element of uh, American foreign policy. No, but I really mean it. I mean, you might know a lot of people might know, but the average person doesn't know this. When American hostages get taken, what happens at two in the morning, a helicopter comes down over the building. A bunch of dudes rappel down, night vision goggles, kill everyone and rescue the hostages. Look, I know it's not always as movie-esque. And I'm sure there's a lot of guys who are involved in this kind of operations. Be like, calm down. It's not that crazy. I know, I know. I'm giving you, I'm giving you the intense version that uh, uh, tends to be the case. Night and air superiority, night vision goggles. People, you got to understand, you get a new moon. It's pitch black outside. You're in the middle of nowhere. There's very little light and you've got goggles on and you can see everything. You go in clean sweep. This is what the United States has been trying to tell. Uh, has, I shouldn't say trying. This is what they've literally been telling uh, middle, these, these terror groups and these, these extremist groups. If you take Americans, you will be purged and your family in front of your own eyes. This is what the U.S. does. And I'm not trying to say that the U.S. commits war crimes. No, I'm saying they'll storm in a building and take out anyone perceived as a threat, which often results in a dude and his kids being killed. You're cruising down the highway. Windows rolled down. Tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. Suddenly, your car sputters, coughs, and throws a wrench in your whole day. Tow trucks, repair bills. The dream turns into a nightmare. Don't wait until car trouble steals your peace of mind. Visit CarShield now at carshield.com slash Carlson. For nearly 20 years, CarShield has helped millions of drivers avoid the stress of major repairs. 
They offer plans covering up to 5,000 parts and systems, from your engine and transmission to electronics and more, all for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. Visit now. I'm not saying little children. You got teenagers. Doesn't matter. They, they take American hostages. This is what happens. Perhaps, to be fair, a bit of an exaggeration. But uh, that's the message that the U.S. tries to send. And that's why you probably get a lot of these stories. I'm sure it's not always as intense. They kick the door and they say nobody move. They pull the hostages out. But my understanding is if you take American hostages, you, you, you typically die. You typically die. Yeah. So don't. <laughs> this is a, a, a big issue with um, uh, when I did the hostile environment training. I've mentioned this to you guys before. They said Spain and Germany, if you're a Spanish or German citizen, you're screwed. Because your government's going to pay. That means they seek you out. You are a target. If you're an American, they get worried. They're like, I don't want to take an American, dude. I don't want the guys in the helicopter coming to special forces and just, you know what I mean? But here we are. One of at least 245 people abducted. Israel has vowed to destroy Hamas and free the hostages, while diplomats from Qatar and other countries have attempted to negotiate their release. Meyer, who is the Pentagon's senior special, op- uh, special operations policy official, told the conference a key objective for the U.S. personnel is to identify hostages, including American hostages. It's really our responsibility to do so. All right, we got some challenges here, my friends. We got some big challenges. Here's the issue. Dual citizens. I do not believe U.S. Special Forces should be aiding in the rescue of dual citizens. I don't. I respect dual citizens, but um, look, Uh, let me clarify. Let me clarify. It's not the dual citizen that makes it uh, the point. The point is your capacity. If you were in Israel as a dual citizen, as a tourist visiting the Holy Land or whatever, and you get kidnapped, the U.S. should be working towards your release. But I do not know if boots on the ground is the right way to do it because of the fear of massive escalation in this war. I got to say, and I think it's fair to say, anyone, anyone, I've been to Tel Aviv. I'm, I'm, I'm not Jewish. I'm not a dual citizen. I'm just an American. And I went there for a conference like any like I've been to Morocco as well. I've been to Egypt as well. And were I to be kidnapped, I would be hoping and praying that I'm going to see a bunch of dudes in night vision goggles with high powered rifles, kick the door in and just pull me out. I would I would I would weep and I would hug those men for saving my life. Don't get me wrong. I've all but my my so my, my what I'm trying to say is to the people who are kidnapped by Hamas, American citizens, some tourists. Yeah, they're probably hoping and praying those 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 commandos are going to are going to bust down the door and save their lives. And that's a tough call. It is. It's so easy for me to say in the comfort of my studio home office with a skate park in the basement and a whole bunch of uh, we got these really awesome spin drifts. Oh, the comfort we have spin drift sparkling water with real squeezed fruit. The people who are taken hostage by uh, Hamas don't have these luxuries and they want to go home. I can understand why they would be hoping and praying. Uh, and that's the challenge. That's the challenge. I don't know what to say. I really don't. To condemn someone and say, listen, you were taken by Hamas. You're in, for, you're, you're in this uh, foreign territory. And the risk of, of 
busting the door down to rescue you is World War Three is dramatic escalation. How can we do this? I don't know. I don't know. We got to get the Americans out. That's the reality, man. What do you do now? Here's the challenge with dual citizens. Some of these people that are in Israel that were that were captured and being held a, a captive, they are Americans, but they were fighting for the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force. Different story. I still respect that you're an American citizen, but if you are fighting on behalf of a of a country that is not America, I don't know, I don't to tell you, man. I don't think we should risk escalation of war for the entirety of the United States because you chose to fight on behalf of someone else. What other country would we do this for? We might, we might, but I think we got to draw that line, and that's where I draw the line. Right now, we have this from the AP: Yemen's Houthi rebels claim attacks on Israel, drawing their main sponsor, Iran, closer to Hamas war. Yeah, this is scary stuff. I think you guys need to understand something about this war. We saw that uh, story I mentioned initially that Israel has hit a dense Gaza refugee camp. And I see everyone saying this is a war crime. Here's the simple version of the story. Israel was targeting a Hamas commander. He was presumed to be hiding in a refugee camp. So they bombed that camp, killing civilians. That is unconscionable. And uh, I don't have good answers for you. I really don't. I would say this. War is, you know, I love that quote. People say war is hell. And then there's another quote. I forgot who it's by. Someone tweeted it. War is not hell. War is war. Hell is full of the guilty. War is full of the innocent. And it's just so brutal. Yep. Yeah, we don't want civilians to die. And at this point, uh, excellent post by Martyrmaid on Twitter. He says the strike on this camp is not collateral damage. Collateral damage, and uh, some call it collateral murder, is when a civilian dies in a, as, as, a, as a byproduct of a, of a military operation. So uh, let's collateral damage is typically like the U.S. will strike a uh, terrorist's HQ and there will be like a few civilians in the surrounding area that get killed by it. But the civilians weren't the target. The refugee camp was the target. They were you can the, the argument they're making is, oh, it's, it's war. And they were targeting this commander, but civilians unfortunately died. No, 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 no. Civilians, the refugee camp was the target. And so the argument now is, is it is it collateral damage or not? I don't think it's fair to say. If you know you've got hundreds of refugees and a guy hiding in the middle and you blow them all up, I don't think that's collateral damage. Collateral damage would be more like there's a vehicle driving down the road with a commander and you open fire on it and the bullets end up hitting property and people in a different area. Like you were intentionally trying to avoid civilian deaths, civilians died in the process, collateral damage. But they'll argue that. But it doesn't matter. There's an excellent video by uh, uh, that's going viral of Ben Shapiro having a debate. Look, man, I know a lot of people, a lot of libertarians especially don't like Ben, but Ben is not wrong. And uh, 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 factually, I'm saying morally, you're allowed to think so. But factually, he makes the point uh, in this war. Israel is killing civilians and we want it to stop. But Hamas won't stop. You know, a lot of people are saying we need a ceasefire. There was a ceasefire. And then Hamas broke it and killed a bunch of civilians. So Israel's responding by taking out Hamas. The argument is that Israel should be engaging in individual surgical strikes using commando teams. Easier said than done, I'd say. But I don't think that justifies bombing a refugee camp. But 
Ben Shapiro brings up something very important. The bombing of Dresden. And I think this is something everyone should know. Dresden was a joint. Uh, the bombing of Dresden was a joint British and American aerial bombing on the city of Dresden, the capital of the German state of Saxony in World War II. In four raids between the 13th and 15th of February 1945, 772 heavy bombers in the Royal Air Force and 500 of the Royal Air Force and 527 U.S. Army Air Force forces dropped more than 3,900 tons of high explosive bombs and incendiary devices on the city. The bombing and the resulting firestorm destroyed more than 1,600 acres of the city and up to 25,000 people were killed. Three more USAAF air raids followed, two occurring on March aimed at the city's railway marshalling yard and one smaller raid on the 17th of April aimed at industrial areas. Post-war discussions about whether the attacks were justified and the tens of thousands of civilians killed led to the event becoming one of the moral causes celebrate of the war. The present understanding of Nazi Germany's desperate struggle to maintain resistance in the closing months of the war is widely known. However, Allied intelligence assessments at the time gave a different picture. There was uncertainty over the ability of the of the Russian advance to keep up its momentum. Rumors of the establishment of a Nazi redoubt in southern Germany were taken too seriously. So my point is this. It's war. This is what you get. And that's why we hate and we don't want war. But the truth is, we're only telling this story because we won. That's it. Right now, what we're seeing between Israel and Gaza, uh, Hamas is a clash of Western sensibilities and war. And uh, war crime is a meaningless statement. War crime. It's something that uh, parents tell their kids at night to comfort them from the, uh, and shield them from the horrors of reality. I'm kidding. Parents don't tell their kids about war crimes before bed. At least I hope they don't. But this idea of a war crime, it's PR. It is pure public relations. We don't commit war crimes. What is war? There is no, there is no earthly supreme authority. There is only those who can maintain it. Spiritually and in the heavens, we have our supreme authority. Whatever you might define that as, for my uh, more faith-based friends, Abrahamic friends, of course, you understand who that supreme authority really is in the divine sense. And for my secular friends, there is a supreme authority and it is the rule of nature, the law of the law of nature in the land. And guess what? In nature, the most brutal is the one that gets rewarded. Look at apex predators. Humans. The, the, the apex predator of this planet. And do we feel any punishment from anyone? No, we don't. When humans pollute, destroy, when they kill, capture, maim any other species, is there any authority within this great world ecosystem to say that humans have committed atrocities against pig kind? Of course not, because we wield the cleaver and there is no one to stop us. Now, of course, there are many who would argue that Humans do commit crimes against these species. Whatever. It's a moral debate. And then we eat those species. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think it is good. We hold we hold ourselves accountable to certain degrees because you shouldn't just go willy nilly killing random animals. We do it for a purpose. Typically, either there's overpopulation. We are hungry in need of furs to wear or trade trapping and hunting or uh, 
uh, culling dangerous species, things like that. But for the most part, we say, hey, don't kill random animals for no reason. And if it's endangered, you can actually get in serious trouble for killing certain animals. Why? Well, because we do understand we benefit. We benefit. But here's my point. The reality of war is that the winners, they'll, they'll write their history books and they'll justify what they did. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. The losers will have their say. It is not absolute. History is written by the victors. The losers do put out their stories too. And sometimes the atrocities are so intense, it doesn't matter who won. How about uh, Sherman's march to the sea? Scorched earth warfare. Now, a lot of people have said, they've commented, you know, scorched earth is when you destroy your land to make sure the enemy can't use it. It, it. Yes, but typically scorched earth is a reference to an invading force destroying everything, massacring civilians, raising crops destroying buildings so that the enemy cannot recover. What do we see with the bombing of Dresden? How many people are going to look back and say it was wrong at the time? This is the important, this is the important point. If you don't know and you take action because you believe you must and you were wrong, what do you do? This is the challenge. It goes from the, from the, the small scale to the large scale. I'm not here justifying anything. Of course, the left, this is, this is propaganda and this is war. They're going to say justification. No, I'm explaining moral conflicts. A cop is, is told to serve a warrant on a murderer who is hiding away in an abandoned building. So what do they do? They come up to the building where the door is barricaded. This man is reportedly armed and dangerous, has killed and will kill again. They kick the door in. The cops move in. A man then emerges from the shadows and raises his hand. The cops say no and shoot him. Turns out it was a homeless guy who had also been in the building and he was raising his hand to say stop. To put his hands up, but he put his hands forward and the cops couldn't see if he he was wearing gloves. And they thought this could be the murderer. This could be the guy they were after. So what happens? The left would have you believe that this this cop should go to prison for this. It's a tragedy. The cop wasn't intending to kill anyone. Prison would not change these circumstances. And there's not much you can do. There's been arguments about less lethal rounds for the first volley from cops. And it's just like, then cops die. There is no simple answer. There is no childish, naive answer as to how you deal with these things. 
I was speaking with Jack Uger on the Culture War podcast, talking about George Floyd, and he got pissed. He said, no, it's racist. No matter what, don't defend him. I said, my question to you is, what do we do? What should we do? Simple question. I'm not saying someone's right, someone's wrong. I'm asking you what you think should be done. They don't want to hear it. They want simple fairy tale answers to war. George Floyd was chewing a speedball behind the wheel of a car. So Ian Crossland brings this point up. What are the cops supposed to do? The cops got to stop him. It's true. Chewing a speedball, meth and fentanyl. And then what if he killed some kid? They'd be saying, why did the police stop him? There's no easy answers. And it's childish and naive to think that you can escape conflict without pain and suffering. Israel should not bomb a refugee camp. I think that is egregious. But Ben made this point. War. There's no easy answers. None. So here's a challenge for you. You live in a house in a suburban area. You have a rifle. Um, standard 5.56, five, let's say. Someone breaks into your house. And in the middle of the night, you grab the weapon of the weapon available to you, which is your AR-15, 5.56. I mean, these are intense rounds. They travel, right? And uh, it, let's just say it's just what, what, what you, you know, for whatever reason. I know a lot of people are going to be like, no, you should have a different weapon. But like, let's, the reality is the AR-15 is a widely popular weapon. A lot of people have them. 5.56, five, fairly standard. Guy breaks into your house. You hear a crash and you go downstairs and this man has killed your son, your seven-year-old son, and he is raising his weapon towards your 10-year-old daughter. There's no question what you would do. However, the bullets travel beyond this man and enter the home of another person, striking and killing a 43-year-old man father. I cannot tell you there are simple solutions. You can make the argument, well, the guy should have had a handgun. He should have had frangible rounds. He should have had hollow points. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. You're allowed to have these weapons. You are responsible for what happens with what is beyond these targets. But the question is, what purpose is served by taking this man who fired on an intruder who killed his child, putting him in prison? Serious question. What should be done? I genuinely ask you. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can comment. Some may say he should go to jail. He's responsible. That's manslaughter. He should have known what was behind this, uh, uh, this guy and that the bullets would travel and enter another home. He should have had different weapons. He should have. Okay. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. Then let's, let, let's try it another way. Let's make it more extreme. Just because for, for moral question's sake, this man has a, a Glock 17, nine millimeter rounds. He hears a crash. He grabs his handgun from, you know, next to his bed, goes into the living room and sees his son murdered, and a man raising the weapon to his 10-year-old daughter. And this man is cool and collected despite seeing the death of his child. And he raises the weapon and immediately takes action and fires on this intruder who murdered his child. Nine millimeter round goes through the window, enters the window of another home, striking a 43-year-old man father and killing him. He should have known there were people in this neighborhood. He should go to jail. What do you do? Honest question. I mean, I'm sure there's precedent. There's, there, there's answers to these questions and, and people might have good opinions. 
I'm not saying what Israel is doing is right. I'm saying that when it comes to war, there are difficult moral questions that sometimes are really difficult and hard to answer. Now, for me, I think the question is, what do we want to occur? This man was not intending to kill anybody and someone died. The person who should go to prison for it, the person who should be held responsible is the man who broke into the home and committed the crime in the first place, creating these circumstances. The man with the nine millimeter defending his family because his daughter was about to die should not be punished for it. Scale it up, baby. Scale it up. A neighborhood watch. Here's a crash. A man, uh, uh, he calls the neighborhood watch and says an armed group of violent extremists is attacking a house at the end of the street. So they grab their weapons, this time 556, and they go out and they find a family had been killed. And this angry mob is screaming and they're armed. So what happens? A firefight. The bullets travel beyond the extremists entering homes and killing a few innocent people. What do you do, man? Do we say, just let these these people rampage, ravage, kidnap, and kill? This is the problem Israel is facing. And again, Israel should not have bombed a refugee camp. My point is, you've got to ask yourself where the moral lines are. That Israel could, perhaps, and, and, I, and I think that's a fair point. But Ben brings up something interesting when it comes to war. A, a, a group of people that wants to save hostages is not going to care about your civilians. This, this, this is, this is a, a deep, deep challenge and problem with war. But the reality of war is this. If your child is being held hostage, are you thinking about anyone else? If a man is holding your, your son, your seven-year-old son at gunpoint, are you going to stop and think, well, he's going to kill my family, but there may be people behind him, so I better not take action. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not comparing that to the bombing of refugee camp. This would be more akin to a giant crowd of people and there's a murderer hiding among them. So you unload on the crowd. Yeah, you're going to prison for that. And that's another point. Israel doesn't have justification for bombing a refugee camp. And that's why everyone's really angry about it. But I'm speaking more plainly about the general war between Israel and Hamas. That Israel would target a school and they say we've warned them to get out. That's the challenge, man. There's going to be a lot of arguments over what analogies work and don't. The Hamas commander was not an immediate threat. He was a future threat. And so I don't see there's justification for bombing a refugee camp. But I think you need to understand when it comes to war, the idea of war crimes is just a nice story to tell you that we're trying to be better, that we are the good guys. But Western sensibilities are clashing with war. If this was the other way around, if there were two million Jews isolated in the Gaza Strip, some people have told me, I, I said Palestine would wipe them out. They would have been they would have been executed a long time ago because the ideological differences. But some said, no, Tim, you're wrong. Palestine would have been invaded and crushed if they were doing this to Jewish people. Like, oh, OK, yeah, you know, fair point. But I'm saying like right now. If Palestine was the the occupying uh, was an occupying force with massive power and was bombing Israeli civilians. Uh, or, or I should say, if, if Israel launched rockets into Gaza, but Gaza had the power, Gaza would wipe out completely what remained of Israel. It is only because Israel has somewhat more Western sensibilities and support from Western nations that there is any kind of restraint. And the West says, don't kill people, don't do it. 
and right. But if you go back several hundred years and you look at if, if, the, if Israel really were genocidal colonizers the way the left paints them out to be, there would be no Palestine right now. 1948 would have been the end of it. But I'm not here to adjudicate historical and generational conflict over holy lands. But just to make those points and to wrap up with this, if U.S. boots go on the ground into Gaza after the, after the, the destruction of Hamas, occupying this area, tensions will escalate. And that probably is an understatement. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Appearing on the Joe Rogan podcast yesterday, Elon Musk gave us a succinct answer as to why it is he bought Twitter. The woke mind virus is destroying civilization. And he he breaks it down uh, rather simply. Look at San Francisco and the horrors human waste all over the streets, crime running rampant. Real estate market is out of whack. The city seems to be falling apart. What Elon says is the ideology that destroyed San Francisco normally would be rather niche and isolated geographically in the city. But it was given an information technology weapon, which it then used to spread the virus throughout the world. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKSeedKits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. Now, it's not just Twitter. And I commend Elon Musk for buying the platform, trying to fix it. And I think he's working very hard to do so. But it's also a bunch of other platforms. It's Facebook. It's YouTube. It's it's TikTok. It is social media in general. Now, if you take a look at San Francisco, you can see how the ideas of San Francisco, which don't work, are seeping out into various parts of this country and other parts of the world and destroying these cities. I mean, seriously, look at crime. Look at the smash and grabs. It's crazy. But if a tool of a city is, I should say, an ideology of a city is given a tool, then the ideology of that city spreads rapidly. Then we need to look at other social media platforms and where they're headquartered, notably TikTok, because the big story now, as we see these crazy videos of pro Hamas protesters, I am not saying pro Palestine. I'm drawing a distinction pro-Hamas protesters. You wonder where they're getting their ideas from. I'll tell you, TikTok. Now we have the data. It's a fact. It's TikTok. Now there are pro-Palestine protesters that are concerned about civilian deaths. I can respect that. But I got to tell you, in the United States, pro-Palestine protesters are attacking Jewish people, not Israelis. No. Now there are certainly clashes between pro-Israel and pro-Palestine protesters that we know about. No, no. 
quite literally, there are people that are pro-Palestine harassing and attacking people who are simply Jewish, notably at Cooper Union, where Jewish students, Americans, not Israelis, were locked in a library. And the report is they were told they could hide in the attic. I kind of don't believe that one because I'm not sure Cooper Union has an attic that is easily accessible in this way. But you get the point of the propaganda. Now, perhaps they were told they could hide in the attic. I, I, I don't know. It seems a little on the nose, if you ask me. They were already locked in a library as far leftists were screaming and banging on the door. Free, free Palestine. And the question I'd ask all of you, and look, I get it. There's concerns over Israel's uh, retaliation, the bombing of a refugee camp. You're, you're not going to get any defense of that from me. Israel should not have done it. But now we're seeing this conflict become a component, or probably always was, in the culture war, which is leading, I think, a great example of what Elon Musk is talking about. And this could be an escalation into greater regional conflict, civil conflict in the United States, and hopefully not, but slim chance World War III. Everyone, you know, World War III is like a buzz phrase or whatever, but with the escalations we're seeing in Israel, U.S. boots on the ground, we should consider the possibility of why we do not want to expand war. Let me first show you what Elon Musk said. And then I want to show you some examples of the far left cult and how they operate. We've got a video of a dude interviewing a pro-Palestinian activist and the far left cultists come over and say, no interviews, no interviews. I love how they say that Donald Trump supporters run a cult when Trump gets booed by his own rallies when he talks about the vaccine. And if you walk up to any Trump supporter and say, let's talk, they'll say, fine. Whereas on the left, they, 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 they are terrified to criticize the establishment of, I should say, the established powers of the leftists, not the corporate establishment, neocon, neolib. And uh, they don't give interviews. Nope. It's got to go through their hierarchy. That's right. Here's a story from the Post Millennial. They report, in the latest episode of the Joe Rogan Experience, Elon Musk decried the current state of San Francisco and civilization at large, pinning the blame on the mind virus being spread far and wide by the woke left. The tech billionaire nonetheless urged people to have hope and continue fighting to right the ship. He said, basically said it's a zombie apocalypse. A philosophy that would ordinarily be quite niche has and ideologically constrained so the fallout area will be limited was effectively given an information weapon to propagate what is essentially a mind virus to the rest of Earth. Oh, yeah. I got another video for you guys later tonight where I'm going to roast some Gen Z ignorance. But uh, uh, I'm not I'm not ragging on all of Gen Z. I'm saying it's a Gen Z person. I actually think Gen Z is a bit more based than millennials. Millennials are messed up. Take a look at this from Axios. On TikTok, views of pro-Palestine posts far surpass views of pro-Israel posts. Now, let's just approach this minimally, minimally, meaning the people are just saying Palestine needs support or Israel needs support. On TikTok, they said 87,000 posts for Palestine and 9,000 for Israel. That's like nine to one. When Elon Musk said the woke mind virus of uh, Twitter of San Francisco was spreading through Twitter, he's right. And now you have TikTok, which is backed by China and is going to propagate pro-Chinese ideas. We recently learned that Chinese tech companies removed Israel from their map. Many people responded by saying Palestine's not on the map. Uh-huh. Like, in what way? Gaza and the West Bank are. And it says Israel because Israel is the country that is there. 
You can't just call it Palestine when there is a government in power called Israel. You get my point. If you search Google for Palestine, it will bring you to the West Bank and Gaza. But I digress. It's ridiculous arguments. The point is China appears to be at the governmental level taking a more left approach to this. I should say leftist in view of pro-Palestine by removing the word Israel from the map, effectively saying it's a disputed region with no authority. On TikTok, this is what you get. Now, you could argue a couple things. One, young people are generally more pro-Palestine. That's why you see this. I disagree. I think it's generally true, but I'll tell you this. We got banned. Timcast IRL got banned from TikTok for no reason. None. There are many people who post way more egregious stuff than we do. We're fairly moderate middle of the road, and they banned us. They didn't explain why. They just turned the account off. I think we may be back on TikToks. I think the way TikTok works, and I really don't care, is that when they ban your account, you can just make a new one. And I actually think that's the better way to do it. The idea that you as a human being are permanently banned is stupid. And, and, and you know, Ian uh, Crossland talks about this, saying that you build them an account, you break the rules, the account is gone, but you as a person can create a new account. And then if you break the rules again, the account is gone. And that's the way it should be. You, get, you start over, you make a new account. They say, and this is uh, October 16th, the 23rd. It was actually, uh, uh, they say, now I don't know what they're trying to say here. Stand with Palestine at 123,000 posts, but only 11 million views. And stand with Israel at 8,012 million views. Fascinating. At this time, it's, it, it is presumed that many people are concerned over what Hamas had done. So how is it that the views have skyrocketed for Stand with Palestine? That is the point, ladies and gentlemen. Despite there being more posts for Palestine, the views were substantially less. And then it would appear TikTok as a corporation intervened and boosted those views. And now you get it. Why is it that we have 16 year olds in high school marching through the hallways, chanting from the river to the sea? Well, let's talk about it. First, Israel should not have bombed a, a, a refugee camp, even if it's to target a commander. Don't care. The analogy I made early in the morning, that's like the guy who, who attacked your family is hiding in a crowd of civilians. So you start indiscriminately firing on the civilians. Yet you're going to prison if you do that. And I get it's war. And that's the point I was making, that you can justify whatever you want in war, but the winners are going are to win. Like the winners are going to control the narrative and you can't punish the people who have seized the power. My point is, it is not to just outright defend Israel because Israel deserves criticism. Absolutely. However, what does from the river to the sea mean? And I think there's a bunch of ways you can break it down. Uh, the first question would be, if the barriers around Gaza were removed, and Israel told all of the people of Gaza they can freely move about all of Israel, what would happen? No question. Mass murder. There would be fights. There would be chaos. There would be shootings everywhere. Gazans would go back to territories they claim as their ancestral homelands, and they would start killing people. Or I should say, they would start conflicts. I think what we saw from Hamas exemplifies exactly what would happen. I do not believe Israelis would go into Gaza and start attacking Palestinians. That doesn't make sense. So from the river to the sea, that's the River Jordan to the Mediterranean. They're saying it should be Palestine will be free. So we got to break down first what they mean by that. Palestine will be free. They're saying so what all of the people of the West Bank and Gaza from the river to the sea will be able to freely move about the territory. OK, we'll see conflict. I mean, this started with war. You had several wars and it would likely be war again. 
especially if the argument is that settlers are not civilians and they're illegally occupying the, the, the land. That would then go to say that when these children are chanting from the river to the sea, they're saying the Jewish people who live there and some for generations should be removed. What do you do with them? You know what would happen? I got to tell you, the most, uh, 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 let's just say, accommodating view would be all of the Jews of Israel would be put in concentration camps. They would be, they would, if you're calling Gaza an open air prison or concentration camp, that's what they would do to the Jewish citizens that they, that, that the Israeli citizens, and I, and, I, and I say Jewish because there are Arab Israelis, and the argument from the left is that they're okay, and it's specifically the Jewish people, okay? So it's the government, and it's the people who are there, they're illegal settlers. There's no other explanation for what they could mean by this. They, they can try and take the light approach and be like, we're just saying equal rights for all, you know, Palestinian and Arabic people in the region or whatever. Maybe if Hamas started, stopped firing rockets, sure, whatever. Why are high school students chanting this? It's because of TikTok, because of the algorithms that are being pushed. Now, I want to show you this video. And so it begins. This is the perfect example of what a cult is. And uh, I'll, I'll explain, but please watch. Muslim people are being attacked. It's not really, they try to show as a. Yeah, we are. No, I can interview whoever I like. But why, why do you say why, uh, why we, is that? We only want them to interview our press liaison. No, I think I have freedom of speech. We can talk to oh, any you, side. You have... If he's okay with it, then I think you don't think you have any right, right? Well, I don't know about rights. I just am asking you not to. We've already asked the pro-Israel side. We just want to ask the pro-Palestine side. Don't yeah. you think we want to hear from both sides? I, I just think, if I, as someone whose grandparents have been affected by all of this, I have like every right to go on. Okay, okay. Voice. I, we would ask to make sure that. Well, I'm sorry, but there's no obligation for me if I can do it or not. No, it's just we ask that people who are. That's okay if you ask, but is it okay if we continue? Can I um, ask if we can continue? I'm just. We are instructed not to. Uh, well, that's fine, but you guys don't have any right with that. So, is it okay if we please continue? You can continue somewhere else. Why is that? See, this guy doesn't okay get it. it then I think when they when they say we're asking that everyone just do interviews with our press liaison, they're not talking to the dude doing the interview. They're talking to the guy with the Palestinian flag. And he's saying, well, I can interview whoever I want. And they're like, yeah, we're telling him not to talk to you. Cult 101. How do you maintain a cult? Isolate. That is the first rule. In order to break someone from a cult, you have to remove them from the cult so they get exposed to other information. The internet can help with this in certain circumstances. But the problem with the, uh, with the internet is that it's hard to remove people from these cults. So here you have these facilitators, this woman in the uh, neon vest with the, the you know, obviously pro-Palestine, telling this guy who's pro-Palestine not to talk to this guy. Why? Tell him your ideas. Explain why you're there and what your views are. Because there are no morals. There are no ideas. It's a cult. The reason why the left doesn't want you want you doing interviews is because then they will be exposed for having no ideology. The press liaison speaks on behalf of everyone. And most of the people who show up to these events have no idea what they're protesting. My favorite story, and you've heard me say it, in, uh, during Occupy Wall Street when they were chanting anti-capitalista, anti-capitalist, and most of the protesters didn't know what they were saying. A few organizers would chant, ah, anti, anti-capitalista. And then you'd have the majority of the general public who just showed up to this protest saying gibberish. Antiga bida bista. They had no idea what they were saying. They were just going bada 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 because they thought they were, oh, I have no idea what they're saying. 
when you interview these people, they look like morons. That's the point. It's a cult. The people who are there protesting and support, for the most part, have no idea what's going on or why they're supporting it. That's why we want to launch a game show. Our game show is, uh, you know, we, we can call it like crossfire trivia or something. Liberals versus conservatives, libertarians versus authoritarians, whatever you want to do. And the idea would be to bring on anyone, prominent uh, personalities, to play a, a trivia game show where we ask basic questions. Ask basic questions about history and politics. And then we see who won, left or right. Now, I'm willing to make a bet. I'm willing to bet that the right is going to get it right more often than the left. You grab a random dude. All right, here we go. You grab a random guy. And uh, he's like, I'm a Trump supporter and conservative. You say, OK, you grab a, a random liberal and then you say, OK, you're a liberal, you're conservative. We're going to do a trivia game show. Study up. What will happen is the liberal will follow left wing sources, which lie. And the conservative will get an eclectic view, which we see in the data and then likely have a mixed bag, but probably closer to the truth. And then you'll ask a simple question like Donald Trump famously referred to who as very fine people. And what is the liberal going to say? What is neo-Nazis? Well, we're not Jeopardy. So. And the other guy's going to be like, no, he was referring to the people who were protesting a statue being torn down. Ding, ding, ding. Correct answer. Wait, what? No. Joe, what do you mean? Like all the news reports say uh, that's not true. Did you actually watch? That's the point. They don't know. That's why they're isolated. And I got to be honest. I, I, I bet you would not get these people to even want to do the game show. To be fair, if it's like a regular game show, trivia questions, and we just ask people like the, the, the general premises, you answer trivia and politics and history, we'd probably get a bunch of self-identified liberals. And if we offered money, they'd come. And the Trump supporters are going to know more just offhand, off the top of their heads, than the liberals. But you take a look at this. This is how they maintain the cult. They refuse to let you get access. Now, here's my favorite. This is this. Is, it's a cult, dude, from Daily Dot. Like a trap. Are posters of Israeli hostages drawing awareness or baiting pro-Palestinians into getting canceled when they tear them down? Just don't tear them down. What? They're, oh, OK. This is hilarious. They're making the argument that people are putting up posters of of the hostages kidnapped in Israel by Hamas to bait leftists into getting filmed and getting canceled. It's, 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 real, it's really easy. You just don't tear down the posters. So why do it? You see, cult members don't have logic. There is literally no reason to tear down a poster that says kidnapped. None. They're saying it's, it's one-sided and it's propaganda. And it's, it's a poster of someone got kidnapped. It's not advocating for anything other than don't kidnap civilians. The left needs to strip away any information that challenges their cult orthodoxy. So they will, of course, tear down these posters. And thus, they're being baited into tearing down. Just don't. You see, it's almost like, remember that it's okay to be white campaign where people put up those pieces of paper and the left claimed it was racist. That was the point. The point was the reaction a seemingly innocuous statement that just says it's OK to be white. They're not saying white is better or anything like that. And the media called it white supremacy and racist. That's the point. Imagine how your average white person feels when they are told saying that is racist. You're not even you're not even allowed to be OK feeling who you are. 
Yeah, that's the point. So the simple thing here is don't take the bait if it is bait. Now, the reality is I don't think this is bait. I think it's okay to be white was a troll campaign. These posters are being put up by people who are upset and they're demanding political action to save these hostages. They're angry about it. They're allowed to be. Hamas killed and captured civilians. Why? Targets of opportunity. That's what we're told by people who support Palestine. And then these far leftists come and tear them down. And now the Daily Dot must defend them as they're being baited into getting canceled. Well, so be it. That's your problem, man. Here we go. Take a look at this. Aviva Klampus says the pro-murder, pro-kidnapping mob is targeting and harassing Jewish students at Harvard. Now, that's definitely a biased statement, calling them pro-murder or whatever. I'm going to make it simple for you. You have people who are pro-Palestine surrounding people who are just Jewish. Like, this is the issue that we see. Yo, Jewish people with a kippah, yarmulke, whatever, they're not Israeli. If your issue is with, is, is with Israel, why are you targeting Jewish people in general? And then we get these people, we get these protests where it's like the Jewish community has come out in support of Palestine. Then why are they attacking random Jewish people? And they are. That's the point from the show. The kids at Cooper Union were not Israeli students. They were Americans, just so happened to be Jewish, and they get targeted. Look, it is, it is, in my opinion, beyond a reasonable doubt, Elon Musk is correct. Social media in general is amplifying psychotic ideals. The solution is an eclectic view. But Twitter went from the free speech wing of the free speech party to banning people for misgendering because Jack Dorsey took the plumbing from his own toilet he built and stuck it down his throat and started guzzling down the refuse of all of the people that he put on this platform. And as he made the rules more and more favorable to the left for these reasons, it resulted in the culture wars getting further and further left. Here's what happens. Far leftists post death threats, advocacy for murder and violence, and got away with it. Conservatives got banned for saying learn to code because they kept bending the knee to their local politicians. The pressure they felt, it's, I'll make it really simple for you. Democrat politician goes to Twitter and says, hey, we represent California and San Francisco, and we're going to raise your taxes unless you do what we want. And they go, done. This is why Washington, D.C. exists. There was fear that if D.C., if Congress and the Capitol were in a single state, that state would have massive influence over the federal government. And it would, and, and it would, no question. Because if it was Maryland or Virginia, if it's Maryland, they'd go to D.C. and be like, we're not going to let you build that highway. You're in our state. The federal government doesn't have the authority. Unless, then all of a sudden, anything goes, whatever Maryland says, whatever Virginia says. So they said, no, we're carving out a special federal jurisdiction so there can be no undue influence. And that's what we're seeing now. Because Twitter was in San Francisco, local politics enshrined these policies, which then affected the rest of the country. And this is what we're seeing now. And that's why you have children chanting for from the river to the sea without knowing what it means or caring. And that's why they try to isolate you so you can't learn the truth. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on the channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. A woke model signed with Elite New York one of these top modeling firms, has been dropped because she put out a post comparing Israel to Nazi Germany. And there's a lot to be said about this. There is the reckoning for the far left. 
and that their social ideology is reaching its limit. And now they are starting to get canceled. But more importantly, my friends, the reason I thought this segment was so important is that here you have a 32 year old woman willing to sacrifice her career to push her ideological victory. It's interesting because people argue, yeah, Tim, these woke people don't have kids. That's why they're able to do it. And then my counter is that maybe it's easier. However, they don't have anything to fight for. You do. Which is why it's all so paradoxical. The person with children should be the one more willing to stand up and defend their culture, their ideals, and their way of life. For this is how you secure the life and future of your children. And the people with no kids should just not care. They should be hyper focused on getting drunk, playing video games, and waking up at six in the morning to do drugs and masturbate like Chelsea Handler does. Instead, for whatever reason, it's inverted. Well, let me read this. We got the story from the Daily Mail. Elite New York model agency drops fashion model and interior designer Camilla Deterre after she posted anti-Israel messages comparing the country to Nazis on social media. Wow. <clears throat> I say she is no longer represented by Elite New York, according to a spokesperson for the agency. The termination of her contract comes after she was profiled this summer in Graydon Carter's news magazine Airmail for her role in the design a New York uh, the design of a New York Chinatown restaurant the stop anti-semitism group which refers to itself as a leading nonpartisan american-based organization fighting anti-semitism shared screenshots of Deter's incendiary instagram posts one of the posts includes a comparison between the beliefs of israel and nazi germany according to the person who originally posted it with both having expelled millions from their homes and enforced collective punishment. Now, look, this is the general idea. This lady will sacrifice everything. Why? A couple reasons. It's a cult. And so this is what they have to do to maintain it. But she knows if she gets fired, she will find something somewhere else. The right needs to build infrastructure, a parallel economy and stand up for itself. This is why go to castbrew.com, buy our coffee. Why? You see, the Castbrew Coffee Project, it's not just that we want to sell you coffee. It's that we're trying to build a coffee shop. The money and sales from the, from the coffee goes towards the building of the coffee shop. And then we want to create physical spaces. We want to create physical spaces uh, all over the country where people with our ideas, and it's an eclectic bunch, can meet and talk about these things. I'll tell you what I want to do. And what, I, what my goal is with TimCast and why you should become a member at TimCast.com. When I see stories like this, I'll point it out. These people are so ideologically driven, but they have those safety nets. Here's the world I want to live in. Pro athlete, pro skateboarder, let's say, whispers, hey, man, I really agree with everything you're saying, but I just can't say it. Why not? Well, I'll lose my sponsors and I'm homeless. Here's my response. Then we'll sponsor you. We will launch a skate company, and we're doing this. And if you get kicked off your team for speaking out, we'll sign you. In fact, I'll sign you right now. And then when you speak out for what you believe in, if your other sponsors say, we don't, we don't want to you know, be involved because you're going to generate a lot of hate and attention, you, can, you know what you can say to them? You can say, okay, you're kicking me off the team because I posted about what I believe? That's fine. 
It's fine because, uh, you know, Tim Pool's company pays better anyway. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Whatever damage you think you'd sustain by keeping me on, you are going to experience tenfold when I double down on my positions and now blame you for it. Whoa, 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 whoa. The companies will panic. I know for a fact because I've seen this happen. We need to make sure that the people who believe in American values, meritocracy, individual liberties, family, we need to make sure these people do not fear being cut off from resources, which means we have to build a parallel economy. That's my mission. My mission is not to support politicians, not to run for office. It's quite literally like the big plan is anti Times Square in Martinsburg, West Virginia. We're opening a coffee shop and we're going to hopefully set up a bunch more businesses. It'll take some time and we need a lot of help. We need many prominent personalities who want to be involved in this. And then we are going to create our physical locations, our parallel economy. And when someone comes to you and says, I saw that post on Twitter about how you believe in family values and now I'm going to fire you, you can be like, not only am I simply going to walk next door to a business that will defend me, I'm never going to buy from you again. I'm going to shop on Public Square, download the app. That's the point. That's the point. These people feel like even though they face cancellation and getting fired, they feel like I'll, go, I'll, I'll find a way. I'll find resources. We need to build that. Now, let's take, take a look at this post. I love it. Nazis and Israel founded on Aryan supremacy, the Nazis, and Israel is founded on Jewish supremacy. No, it isn't. These people are insane. The Nazis were crazy. OK, Hitler was crazy. And what do I mean by that? He was a very smart, evil and mentally broken man. Probably World War I shattered his brain. And so Aryan supremacy, he wasn't. This idea that you can single out a group of people, which includes a bunch of random people and poor people, it makes literally no sense. This is the left ideology that a poor, homeless, white veteran has more privilege than Oprah Winfrey, which is psychotic. Israel was not founded on Jewish supremacy. Israel was founded on a country for Jews. Next question. There's a big difference between Hitler thinking they're racially pure and are better than everyone else and Israel being like, we need a country, otherwise we're going to be killed again. I'm not saying Israel is innocent. It's war and it's conquest. But the fact is, Israel is not founded on Jewish supremacy. Expelled millions from their homes. You want to talk about the Nazis rounding up their own citizens and shipping them off to death camps to be gassed and compare that to Israel, which went to war and won? Get out of here. That's just stupid. Are there problems with war? You betcha. But come on. Putting racial groups in ghettos and camps. Again, it's all part of the same thing. Hitler rounded up his own people, invaded other countries, kidnapped and captured these people, put them in death camps. That's different from a war. Both are bad. One's substantially worse. Used dehumanizing language. OK, that's just silly. Enforced collective punishments. They claim both do this. Signature methods. Oh, those are different. The point is this. F America, F Israel, she posts. Why? Because she knows her peer group will defend her. She knows she will be supported. And then it comes back to this, this question I have. Why are leftists with seemingly nothing to lose doing this? Now, I think the answer is actually quite simple. People who have kids are concerned that if they speak up, they'll be fired and their kids won't eat. Well, OK. You are handing over your children 
uh, your children's future to these these crackpot cultists. I simply ask you this. Do you want your children to live in the pod and eat the bugs? Is that the future you want for them? That's the future you build when you don't stand up for yourself. Now, hold on. I am not suggesting you go out and wave a bunch of pro-Israel flags and MAGA 2024 and, uh, you know, protest. I'm quite literally just saying at the workplace, publicly stating you voted for Trump. We got a question last night on Tim Cast uh, on the IRL members only show over concern that because voting records are public, not who you voted for, but the fact that if you voted in a primary, it shows your political affiliation. And this puts people at risk, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, seriously? What we need right now is for people to proudly say they vote for Trump and Matt Gates and the good Republicans proudly and not fear anything. But they do. And it's only because they do the left wins. So I tell you this. When you say I can't risk letting people know I got to whisper because they'll fire me, what you are saying is, Look, man, it's better that I have food today and then my kids live in the pot and eat the bugs. I want my kids to be healthy today so they can live long enough to live in the pot and eat the bugs. I'm just like, (laughs) okay, all right, man, I don't got kids, whatever. But I kind of feel like you're condemning them to to hell. Now, don't get me wrong. You live in the middle of nowhere. You might be able to get 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 by this. But the point is simple. People without kids are willing to burn it all down so that they can force your children to live in the pot and eat the bugs. This woman speaking out, not specifically on this issue, but in general, the left's willingness to speak out. It's because they desperately want you in the pod eating the bugs. Do it. More importantly, they want your children in the pod eating the bugs. I mean, come on. Even today, they're putting adult material in schools in front of your kids. And still people are like, but I got to protect my kids by saying nothing. I just don't understand the logic, man. So let me ask you this. What circumstance would you prefer? And with all due respect, I know I don't have kids. Okay, it's an honest question. Would you prefer it that your children in school are being uh, uh, they're being given books with adult content, lewd and lascivious materials, instructions on how to use grinder? Or would you rather you and your children live in a car in a rural area, living, living out of your car with a tent pitched, struggling to find food? Honest question. Honest question. Would you rather your children not have a lot of food or would you rather they be indoctrinated with adult content by communists? I mean, I mean that seriously. I'm not, it's not rhetorical. I'm not, I'm not telling you what's right or wrong. I'm asking you genuinely what's, what's better. I mean, cause to be fair, some might be like, look, I can at least try and teach my kids to resist this stuff and they have food to eat. A fair, fair point. Some might be like, I'd rather I live in the woods with my kids struggling to find rabbits to eat than have them be indoctrinated by these these uh, these what, what these people in these schools are doing. Yeah, you let me know. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. It's all fun and games until you are lying on your deathbed alone wondering what happened. OK, I mean, it's dark and it's brutal, but. Here's the story we've got from female over the Daily Wire. Child-free dink couple proudly show off the many perks of life without kids, revealing they jet off on spontaneous vacations once a month as they hit back at critics who question why they haven't settled down. 
For some reason, I decided to just do a Trump impersonation. Uh, a childless couple has opened up about the many benefits of their no kid lifestyle while ticking off their bucket list before becoming parents, which includes going on vacation every month, having spontaneous date nights and weekend lions. Hillary Bowles, 31, and her 30 year old husband, Logan, are currently child free and in their dink era. OK, dink means double income, no kids, which are, are dual income, no kids. The North Carolina based couple have been married for six years and also love working out together. Hillary, uh, a content creator, and Logan, who works in private equity, can book time off at short notice to jet off on a break, and they go on holiday once a month. See, the reason why I wanted to talk about this story is because it's being framed as propaganda of, look at all the wonderful things you can do if you just don't have kids. Yeah, okay, I'm going to say it again. There will come a time in this young couple's life. They're in their 30s. They can still have kids, right? And many people say, Tim, what about you? What are you doing? Working on it. That's all I'm going to say. Private and none of your business. But uh, I am fully aware of what future looks like when you don't have kids. We see this story now, and they say this to you. They can book private vacations, you know, private boats, whenever they want, do all these really awesome things. You can do that with kids. <laughs> this is the weird thing. So we have friends, uh, 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 Allison and I, and uh, our friends have kids. And we talk about family and stuff like this. And uh, when we decide to, you know, look, Annapolis is not that far away and you can rent a boat for a couple hundred bucks, not expensive. We got like a catamaran. I think with like 10 people, not, not 10 people, it was, uh, oh man, was it like 10 people? I think we had like eight, maybe. It's not that expensive. A hundred bucks per person or something like that. I mean, maybe you don't have a hundred bucks to spend, but I'm, I'm not saying you do it all the time like you do it on a vacation. And we went out for the day on this boat. We had snacks and chips and dip and pre-made foods. It was awesome. And there were kids there. <laughs> and we've done that before. This is, the, this is the issue. They are trying to propagandize you into thinking you can't live a life if you have kids. And that's just patently absurd. In fact, one, look at these photos. You can post these photos with kids. It's the weirdest thing that they're trying to make it seem like this is so much better. No kids, no kids, no kids. You can have kids in all of these photos, right? They really don't want you having kids. They're going to say they believe enjoying their current lifestyle will make them better parents in the future. And they'll have no regrets when they decide to start a family. Okay, I can respect that. All right. We're carefree and young and don't have responsibilities, Hillary said. We're in our dink era. I think it's going to make us better parents and we'll have no regrets. Hillary and Logan met when, uh, while at college at age 20 and they tied the knot, blah, blah, blah. I can respect this. She says, we don't, we don't give into the pressure of having kids. Since the second we got married, we get the question every day, when are you going to have kids? Are you done traveling yet? You can travel with kids. Like maybe you don't want to be traveling with a newborn baby. Maybe it is a challenge to raise a child. And I, I, I'm not going to you know, rag on them completely. To be fair, they're, they're talking about how you know, they'll have kids at some point or whatever. My, my concern is these articles that pop up showing all of these fake photos, and I'll explain in a second, fake photos, they want you to feel like you should not have a family. There are some prominent personalities, I'm going to leave their names out of it, who had kids while they were teenagers and went on to become some of the most famous people and most successful and wealthiest people in the world. And now they provide for those kids the best future. It could actually be argued that many people are unwilling to take the next step in their careers or push hard into becoming the best of the best because they don't have a reason to. This is my concern. It's multi it is multifold.
for this couple here, by all means, man, do your thing for the individuals. Do your thing. But I want to say this to you. And again, if someone doesn't have have kids, and I I know that, but I want to counter this propaganda. There are people I know who have no purpose. They make moderate incomes and they don't do anything and they don't have families. They go out on Friday nights, Saturday nights, they party, they sleep around and that's it. And I'm like, you're a smart dude. Why don't you do more? Don't need to. No, no, for real, man. Like you're really good at insert career. Why don't you launch something? Why? The attitude is I don't do that much work. I get paid well enough. I've got an apartment. I've got my video games. I've got my friends. Why do anything else? Interesting. Then there are some other people that I know who had kids at very young ages. Accidentally. You know, that's the way it goes, right? And they said, I had no choice. I had to push as hard as possible. Why? For him. And I was like, wow. So this dude who probably should not have been cream of the crop, best of the best, probably should have been, you know, your run of the mill guy has a kid early on and then says to himself, if I don't grind myself to the bone and take every opportunity and every risk to make sure I make my life better, my children will go wanting. It's an interesting thought there. These people, what are they doing? And again, they're going to have a family. So they're saying that they'll figure it out. You know, the time, the clock's ticking, right? It's a factor. And they're going and partying and they're traveling around. And are they accomplishing anything? Do they have purpose and drive? I'm sure it's fun, but I got to be honest, man. It gets to a point where you've done so much. Just what's next? Look, I'll tell you this. I travel. People like traveling. Traveling's fun. I think it's important to see the world. I've been to some 30 plus some odd countries. I don't know, 38, maybe. I don't know. Some ridiculous number. Been all over the world. And uh, at a certain point, it's like, okay, you know, it's cool. Traveling is fun. It's fun to go places and meet people and things like this. But at a certain point, you got to focus on the fortress you're building, the life you're making, and the future you'll leave behind. And why? A lot of people don't have purpose and drive. And these people struggle without family. Family becomes purpose and drive for so many people. Some people struggle with family and it holds them back. But some people become better than they've ever been when they've had family. That's why I don't I think it's important that you don't uh, look at this. She says, I have friends who have struggled with infertility. I don't like that question. The pair have always loved traveling together. They have a bucket list. It's very spontaneous. Typically, we go away once a month, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's propaganda. Okay, they're entering their 30s. And that's a consideration for everyone. If you're going to have kids more so for women than men. And now here's the dark reality of what I fear for families like this, for couples like this. They'll miss their ability to have kids. Oh, let's talk about how dark it can really get. This guy's going to be able, be able to have kids into his 70s. Guys can just keep, you know, they can. Women, not so much. What happens if they're like, we'll have kids when we have kids. We'll have kids when we have kids. And then they're going to be in their mid 40s. And she's going to be like, I can't have kids anymore. There's this crazy story that we were talking about on IRL. About this woman who's on the cover of, uh, I think it was Bloomberg, of a cover of a magazine. And she was like, I'm freezing my eggs so I can be a girl boss. Cover, cover story. What happened? Several years later, when they finally unfroze her eggs and says and said, now we're going to, uh, you know, help you have a kid. They all failed. That was it. She would never be a mother. And she said she was screaming and throwing things and smashing things. It was like the end. That's right. They told her, just wait, who cares? 
It's fine. And now she'll never be a mother. There was another woman in the story. Her eggs were frozen. And during transport, the air con- the, the freezer failed. All the eggs were lost. That's it. She will never be a mother. I am not saying you have to have kids. I am not saying that you uh, you can't travel and have fun. I think we just got to pull it back to earth and make sure people understand what this really means. The darkest aspect of this, when that woman can't have kids, the man leaves her and says, I'm going to find a woman who can. And then she cries and then she becomes single income, no kids. And then she's going to be 78 years old in the hospital, having suffered an accident. And the doctor is going to walk in the room and say, ma'am, I'm sorry. Well, I shouldn't say accident. Let's, you know, because this circumstance wouldn't happen if she had an accident, she'd be dead. But uh, she'll have, you know, develop some kind of illness. And the doctor will come in and say, "Uh, ma'am, I'm sorry, but it's terminal. And she'll say, oh. And he'll go, is there anyone we should call? Anyone you would like to see? And she'll say, "Uh, no. No, that's okay, doctor. And they'll say, well, we're here if you need us. And he'll walk out of that room. And then she will be staring at the wall. And a single tear will roll down the side of her face, knowing there is no one there to carry on her ideas, to comfort her, to live on for her. That's a scary thought to me. Maybe it doesn't matter to these people. They don't care. They don't care about legacy. They don't care about the future of civilization. They have no mission. Maybe they're just like, I had my fun. See you later. Chelsea Handler. I mean, look, for all I know, she's going to be 80 years old on her deathbed suffering from some illness. And the doctor is going to be like, ma'am, I'm sorry, it's terminal. And she'll be like, well, I had a good run. Woke up at 6 a.m., did drugs and masturbated all the time. It was great. (laughs) But maybe. (laughs) But the issue then comes down to this. What will the people after her think? Because only the people who survive are the ones who will judge you. And perhaps you would like to go out with a bang and say, like Chelsea Handler, you woke up, did drugs and masturbated all the time. You had a great life. And then the rest of humanity will just be like, what a loser. Did nothing for anyone. Served us in no way. So be it. And why will they think that? Because the people who survive, who live on after us, Will be in, in, they will be instilled with, with values that are not in alignment with what these people do. So I will, let me just wrap this up and say this. I mean, I have no ill will to this, towards this couple. I think it's great what they're doing, having fun, living their best lives, being happy together and all that stuff. My only concern is, in general, we must be careful about these messages of how great life is if you just do whatever you want, never have kids. Because you'll regret it. You will. That doesn't mean individuals can't make choices for themselves. If you don't have kids, you do your thing, man. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. What will it take for America to revolt, says the young person with no worldly experience, a lack of knowledge and wisdom. And I mean no disrespect when I say that. It's just a fact. Why would America revolt? We live like space kings. Yo. Go look at a medieval castle. Their bathrooms were gigantic chutes that went straight to the ground. So you go to the top of your castle, you sit down over the hole, and you relieve yourself straight down to the ground. And then someone will have to come and shovel that away. <laughs> at least the Romans had indoor plumbing. Why would Americans revolt? We are morbidly obese as a nation. 
Maybe that's why I guess. But let me play this video for you and then we'll talk about it from TikTok. Here we go. I wonder what it's going to take for our country to reach the tipping point when it comes to revolution. This is all I think about all day, every day. Now at this point, we have nothing to lose. 75% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. You have nothing to lose? Ma'am, young lady, I would like to extend a personal invitation invitation to fly you to the favelas in Brazil. How would you like to go visit them? How about uh, we take a trip to uh, Morocco? We'll go there. Places I've been. Or of course, you can go, uh, I don't know, maybe just like to the middle of West Virginia. Nothing to lose. How about clean running water, air conditioning, or refrigerator? And uh, I don't know, ubiquitous grain and cereal and cornmeal. Let's play more. We'll talk about it. One out of six kids goes to bed hungry. 40% of homeless people work. Our taxes are going to fund war. I'll give you that. They are, they are taking our money and funding war with it. Fair point. And uh, military and cops. And it could be going to free education, free health care, reparations to the black community. And there it is. Okay. Giving money to people based on race solves no problems. Uh, okay, so that's that's silly. And uh, to military and cops. OK, well, I can I, I can certainly understand not wanting to fund wars overseas, but we should have a very strong military. And uh, what's happening in San Francisco with no cops? But uh, I digress. Let's, let's let's watch more. This could honestly go on. The problem is Republicans and Democrats are both capitalists, so you can't vote your way into this. I love it. You can't vote your way into this. What, what does that mean? Into it's funny because we talk about communism. We say you can't vote your way out of it. Yikes. Democrats and Republicans are all capitalists. You see, I got to tell you, what's a capitalist? Capitalism refers to the private ownership and trade of goods. Thank you and have a nice day. Capitalism refers to the private ownership of the means of production. Thank you. Have a nice day. There's nothing else. The issue is these people don't understand. There is no such thing as everyone owning the means of production. Here's how it works. In capitalism, you can earn money buy things, and then have the means of production. How about like a camera? You buy a camera and then you film yourself and you control the means of production as it pertains to content like this. How would communism work? Take away all of the cameras and make one single studio where everyone gets 10 minutes to talk or something like that? Well, in reality, a communist nation probably wouldn't let you talk. In a communist nation, let's talk about the cracker factory, the means of production, a, a, an industrial cracker facility. Some guy owns it. Over a long period of time, he bought stuff, he built up his factory, bought bigger land, paid for construction, and eventually has a big house. Privately owned. You don't own it. Sorry, lady. You want to talk about communism? Who owns it? The state does. Not you. The state. And so when you go there and say, I would like to make crackers, a guy with a gun points it at you and says, get out of our building. It's my building. And you go, but wait, we're communists. And I say, we don't care because it will always be centralized and hierarchical. Let's play a little bit more. It blows my mind because we've progressed enough as a society to literally house and feed everyone. No, we haven't. But anyway, those are human rights. No, One they aren't. My favorite quote is from Karl Marx. Oh, here we go. And it's uh, we have no compassion and we ask no compassion from you. When our turn comes, we will not make excuses for the terror. Communism will win. Communism will not win because communism doesn't work as a system. And so here you have these young communists, this young woman answering to this guy, what will it take for America take for America to revolt? I wonder what it's going to take for our country to reach the tipping point. I mean, 
I actually like this guy's question. It's legitimate. And it's not so much about communism or anything. It's about, plainly, the military industrial complex going to war overseas for BS reasons, people dying over it. But more importantly, the corruption in the federal government where these people enrich themselves off of your back. And uh, yeah, but communism won't win. Unfortunately, it won't. Why? It's simple. It doesn't work. It's like saying a lead, a lead balloon will win. Yeah, no, it won't. To be fair, I think the Mythbusters made like a lead foil balloon or something. I don't know if it actually flew or whatever, but you get the point. Dense materials are not going to. Uh, so if you take, oh, I love this stuff. What is it? Um, Aerofoam or whatever it is. I don't know. Ian was talking about it. This super light, brittle material. And it's like it just basically floats because it weighs so little. If you took uh, uh, ultra light uh, uh, fabrics that could contain a gas, congratulations, you've got a blimp. So basically, I, you guys know how science works, pressure and density and everything. And the denser things move down and the, uh, and the, the less dense, more vol- vol- voluminous moves up. A lead balloon has too much density for the gases to actually be lifted above the surrounding gases, et cetera, et cetera. That's communism. Communism is this idea that people will do work for nothing. They won't. They'll just stop doing work. And when they stop doing work, there's no food, there's no bread, there's no buildings, there's no means of production. And then eventually everyone's just living outside fighting over the last can of beans. Here's what I see. What will it take for America to revolt? I'm fine with that question. I don't mean to disrespect this guy because I don't, I don't know what point he's trying to make because I'm not watching his video. I'm, I'm watching this communist talk about her response. Free education, free health care. That's impossible. Someone has to provide those services. We have not progressed to the point where we can house everybody. These people have never owned a home or a building. For those that have never owned a home or a building, let me explain. Yo, I owned a house. We moved out. We moved down here. Rented the house out and I said, I'll have a management company take care of it and we'll make a little extra income off the off the house as like an investment. Uh-uh. Uh, no, it, uh, it doesn't work that way. Here's what happens. Uh, management companies are the simple way to do it because they take care of everything and they have responsibility over the house. And then you as the owner just sit back and hope they take care of it. But what happens when they don't? What happens when they don't? And then your property, which you invested in, ends up breaking and falling apart. And then your investment goes to zero. Yeah, I, I look, I know people do it, but being a landlord is a, is a job. So when you buy a house, let's say you buy a house for $200,000 and you rent it out. And then one day the air conditioning breaks. Well, you got to pay for it to get fixed. Then uh, windows broken, you got to fix it. Oven bro- broken, you got to fix it. Tree falls down, you got to fix it. Because you are the owner and you're responsible for all of it. And you have an agreement with the tenants. That's why they're paying you a premium because you're doing work. So when you own multiple properties and you're managing all of this, you're doing a full time job maintaining the residence for an individual who does not want to or doesn't have the means to buy the property outright. I certainly think we, we can have better systems of uh, um, ownership. You know, there are, there are people who have jobs who can easily afford to pay a mortgage, but they're forced to pay a higher rent, which is insane. And I think that's a component of the corruption in the system. Sure, fair point. People might revolt against that. But these young communists think you can take a bunch of homeless people and just put them in empty houses. 
Okay, then when they when it floods, when the electricity electricity goes out, when the heat stops working and you find a corpse in the middle of winter in a house, you're going to be like, but we put them in a house. Homeless people aren't homeless because they don't have homes. A lot of homeless people are homeless because their brains are hurt and they need assistance. That's the reality. But these young people, I get it, man. How are you really going to rag on some like 19 year old chick who's never actually experienced work. That's why I think so many women tend to be uh, communist is because and left leaning is because when they're raised, their families do more on average or typically for women than men. Men are told go roll, roll around. In the, actually, the military is a great example. All the stories we hear. Everyone I've basically I've ever talked about basic training are like the guys crawl in the mud and are screamed at, barely get to eat, don't get showers. And the women get put on the back of trucks and given a ride. They don't got to finish the hike. If they're carrying something that's too heavy, they'll start crying and put it down. Not all women. But what happens is society tends to be overly accommodating to women relative to men. So when these women get older, they're like, why doesn't anyone live the way I live? And you're like, yeah, because other people were doing the work for you. Thus, communism. These people grew up as nobles in the most luxurious country in the world, and they're begging for it to be destroyed. You know, I got to be honest. I don't want to see that happen. But if it did, I'm not going to cry about it. You know why? I'm not going to pretend to be a survivalist. I'm not going to pretend to be a great huntsman. No, I'm just a dude who uh, is constant enough in my ability to learn and survive in the event that all falls apart. Now, certainly there are many others much better suited than me, but I know a good amount and I can adapt. I've lived in harsh conditions before. These people haven't. So if they really did revolt and tear down the system, you and I will, it'll suck, but we'll figure it out. Not everybody will make it, but we'll figure it out. These people, the best thing they're going to do is try and steal from you. Say, Levy. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then.